ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of That's Entertaining. This week we're going to continue into our journey towards The Force Awakens with Star Wars Rebels. But first, it's been a long time coming, but um, I've meant to mention that I did a an entertaining chat with Dan Wallace, uh, author of some different Star Wars books that are in-universe and some other great little uh, books that I would recommend you check out. It was a good little interview with him. It was under an hour to talk with that uh, with Dan. It was a great time. So check that out. That released about a couple weeks ago, an entertaining chat with Dan Wallace. Also, I uh, just released before we record this episode, this last night actually, I recorded a Star Wars RPG session of Age of Rebellion with some uh, some people here locally and posted that up and it is, you know, getting some pretty comedic feedback uh, coming back from that. So, uh, And that episode, as I prefaced on the intro for that episode, is that um, it is not a typical episode with uh, that's entertaining, typical, uh, what do you call it? Uh, language, oh, <laughs> so it was marked as explicit. This one will be back to the proper, uh, clean format. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but of course, uh, check that one out. I'm, I, I had a lot of fun recording that with those guys, and I kind of lost my voice that day, so it was fun. Uh, also, I got a uh, Battlefront 4 PlayStation 4 and posted an unboxing video of that uh, on my YouTube channel. So if you're curious to see what's in the PlayStation 4 Death, or, sorry, Darth Vader edition, Death uh, Vader, Death Vader. <laughs> uh, check that video out. And of course, joining me, you can hear him over there on the other side of the microphone, is Mr. Jared Hahn. Jared, welcome back. Hello, denizens of the internet. I love it. I love that you got a catchphrase. Might as well. <laughs> um, and also joining us shortly, not yet currently here, or at least scheduled to join us, is Mr. Dewehi, but he'll join us in in a moment. Jared, what you been entertained by? Fallout. Fallout, Fallout 4. 4. Yeah, Fallout 4, uh, Hearthstone, Legacy of the Void, StarCraft 2. Have you, you played Legacy of the played Void then? a little then? bit, yeah. What'd you think? It's good. Yeah. So you've got Hearthstone, you got Legacy of the Void, you got uh, Battlefront, Battlefront, and, and you've got Fallout. Fallout Four. This is like, <clears throat> what do you do? What do you play first? I, you know, I've been playing Fallout Four mostly. I'm 22 hours in the Fallout Four, which means I've pretty much been playing religiously every night as soon as my 10 month old son goes to sleep <laughs> <clears throat> and staying up late. And uh, it's been good. You know, there's a lot of things I can nitpick about Fallout Four. But um, it's good. It's good stuff. I really can't complain too much. I think it's. I think anyone concerned about getting their money versus hours spent in the game out of Fallout Four is it's going to be a winning proposition for you because winning. Know, you, assuming you spend sixty bucks, you're going to get probably well over eighty hours if you travel around and explore it all in mm -hmm. the game. Yeah, that's one of the games where you can just lose yourself in the content. It's all single player, mm -hmm. and. There will be mods and stuff that come out eventually, I'm sure, but a lot of people are playing it, a lot of people are enjoying it, and I've seen a few videos that are crazy stuff happens in the game, it appears. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's one of the few games that I think you can just, like, when I play it, I just sort of lose myself, and then I look at the clock, and it's five hours later. So, um, that's good. I'd recommend it. Fallout fans, you'll love it. If you're just coming into it expecting a AAA title, you probably will be really confused as to what Fallout's all about. Uh-huh. There's but, probably a uh, lot of people that are new to the series. I think there that are. are. I in. mean, the advertising for this was a little nuts, right? Right. I mean, it was it was big. Yeah. A lot of a lot of advertising push. Um, I wasn't expecting to see like the numbers that I saw because they released the numbers and 
I can't remember if it was like one of the biggest of the year or it, it, sh- it shipped like 16 million or something. Shipped though, yeah. sold through numbers. I'm curious what it will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's an impressive for this type of game, right? Yeah, I, you know, I had people asking me who are totally out of the video game scene, oh, are you excited for Fallout 4 coming? And I'm like, I've never talked to you about video games or Fallout (laughs) before. How did you know? And they've seen TV ads. Like, that's how they knew about it. They're like, oh, yeah, I've been seeing the TV ads. It seems like a fun game. And I'm just like, how in the world do you know about this? I kind of miss my old indie days where I'm like, Fallout, what's that? Oh, you wouldn't understand. I I knew Fallout before it was popular. (laughs) I played Fallout back in Fallout 2 days. (laughs) Exactly. So... Uh, it's a little different, but it's it's good. It's a good game. It's an improvement over Skyrim. Yeah. You know, Fallout 3 was good. Skyrim kind of improved on the similar formula, but in fantasy. And then uh, this sort of improves upon what they did in Skyrim. But I think a lot of people are ready for the new engine. The is engine it, is starting to show its age. How how long has it been since a Fallout game? Six or seven years. And does it feel like it's well, been six or seven years three. worth of improvement? No. No? No. I mean, there's some cool stuff there. The graphics are definitely better. They're not great. They definitely fit. They work. They're not immersion-breaking by any means. I think it'll really come into its own with mods. Mm-hmm. That's where Skyrim always was. And we just need to give it a good six months before a lot of good mods come out. Yeah. So, as far as games that look great, have you been playing Battlefront at all? played Battlefront last night for four or five hours. What are your initial thoughts? Now, you weren't originally going to buy Battlefront. I wasn't, no. I I waffled on Battlefront. Just because, you know, as the 18th gets closer, I want to fill my life with everything Star Wars. <laughs> <clears throat> um, no, I waffled on Battlefront, and it's it's entertaining. It is anything, it is very accessible, I will say that. Mm-hmm. Anyone can pick it up and play it. Um, on the PC, it's frustrating. I feel like there's a lot of skilled people or otherwise a lot of cheaters. Right. I never call anyone a cheater because I honestly might just be that bad. <laughs> but um, I think the game has a lot to go in terms of... Has a lot of direction to go in terms of like auto-balancing and balancing skill levels and teams and stuff like that. I know they said that would be there, but it's obviously not there. Yeah. I've, I was telling you earlier I was getting steamrolled on multiple occasions to the point where if I lost a match bad... I knew that every match following that, the teams would not change it. It would just be the same. So mm-hmm. I would just leave the game and join another one. And if that one was a steamroll, I would leave that game and join another one. And eventually I would hit a, a certain combination of people of which things felt fairly matched. But that also means I had to lose like six games in a row before I could finally get there. So it was entertaining. I like it. I will keep playing it. It's definitely not the game I'm going to find myself going to like every night, every other day, constantly. It's just sort of an entertaining romp with lasers. I've put in at least seven or eight hours since it released, and ten hours before it released with EA Early Access. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've thoroughly in- enjoyed my experience with it. It's it's really, when you look at a Battlefront game, to me, it's everything that I was wanting in a Battlefront game. When you look at the, so a lot of people say there's a lack of single player, right? There never really has been, quite honestly, a single player campaign. Yeah. There was some VO over your typical missions mm-hmm. about a guy telling a story that doesn't really make any consequence, right? Um, and there were the conquest modes where you could like take over the, all the planets to get to, to the end game. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of nice to see the conquest mode return because they could easily shoehorn that in, right? Or they could easily do this voiceover battle uh, 
storyline, kind of like they did with Titanfall. You know how they have that? Yeah. They put all the maps together and kind of made a campaign mode. Uh, they could easily do that with updates, I think. Um, but you know, there there is no like Call of Duty single player campaign or Halo campaign. And there never has been. But nobody really plays that for single player anyway. I would with a Star Wars. Yeah, with, if it was Star Wars, I would too. I think they made their mind up. I think it's right. going to be multiplayer only. Well, that, that's where the legs really are in the game. Yeah. You look at a game like Battlefront, you know, for the original two, and it was all multiplayer based. Mm-hmm. You don't really even think about the single player stuff. But, I mean, there is a single player content in this new game too. There's the, the missions and the, the, the hero fights that you can do. And you can have co-op with a buddy if you want to just do the two of you, play the wave-based stuff or things like that. So it still has a lot of great, a lot of great content for single-player use. That people say it's completely gone, but it's not. It's there. Yeah, I, I think, think people have to remind themselves too that these companies pull metrics from all these games that we play. Mm-hmm. So EA has pulled metrics from Battlefield Three and Battlefield Four, and they've probably found out that you know of of the you know hundred percent of people who bought these games. 60% are going straight to multiplayer, never touching single player. Mm-hmm. And that's probably not an unrealistic number. That might actually be low. I know lots of people who buy these games and say, ah, I never buy a single player, only buy a right. multiplayer. So why invest time and resources in a single player experience if you can make the multiplayer experience that much more rich? Right. And then like with in the case of Halo, for instance, there there is a single player mode in there, obviously. It's a good single player con- campaign. And then most people, like Alex, who isn't here yet, but he hasn't even played the single player. He just played multiplayer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's funny when you look at the reviews, right? One of the biggest knocks on it is that there's no no multiplayer. Or, I'm sorry, there's no single, single player. player. But we knew that going in. Yeah, they didn't say, didn't like they promised it. And you right. Know, it, away. it was never, it never assumed that we're going to have multiplayer or a single mm-hmm. player campaign anyway. So, I think for what it is, for what they said that it was going to be, it's great. My favorite mode is the fighter squadron mode. <laughs> I love flying around as an X-Wing or a TIE Interceptor just so fun like i you have the choice of choosing if you're the rebel is the x-wing or the a-wing and i have to choose the x-wing it's like the a-wing's okay i'll be it every now and then just to stir things up but it's an x-wing you have to choose the x-wing have you played the that mode yet I at played all that mode in particular now it's so fun have you if when you do play are you going to do third person or cockpit view probably third person I, I checked out the cockpit view and it's pretty fun. It's cool. They change the sound effects and everything while you're in the cockpit. But third person's where it's at for me on the airplane stuff. Well, let's get more situational spaceship. awareness around yeah. you. Yeah. And you get to see your ship and it just it's so much more fun to me to, to see your ship. It's a callback to Rogue Squadron. Exactly. Yeah. And but on this on ground, on foot, I'm always first person. I know a lot of people like to play it third person, but I'm always third person. Unless you're the hero, you're forced to be in the third person perspective. Yeah. I didn't even know you could do third person perspective. Mm-hmm. You can switch ground. back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Xbox, you just press the down button on the D-pad and uh, you can transfer it. I have no idea. I'm sure it's there. I don't I'm know sure. why you'd play a shooter not in first person. That's yeah. just, well, you can see your, I mean, like you said, it's situational awareness, right? Yeah, you actually have more awareness if you have third person. I'm just not used to playing in that third right. person, first person shooter perspective yeah i mean as far as looks go this game has to be probably one of the best looking games that i've played in a long time well optimized too yeah so um the pc requirements right are like 16 recommended Mm -hmm. 16 gigs of ram and and some pretty high pretty high yeah yeah, pretty high amount of ram and then the graphics cards i can't remember what the actual requirement was with two Uh, gig or three suggested like a 970 which would probably be like a three or four gig card yeah so, 
from your perspective, from a PC player, do you have yours running on max resolution, or how, how do you go on? I'm set at a, at a 2K resolution on a 27-inch monitor running on a GX760, which is a not what it used to be. It's a pretty moderate card, though. And I run, I think, in medium or high, a little over 30 frames a second. And mm -hmm. you know what? It looks pretty good. It looks great. It's definitely the best-looking game I own, and I can only imagine if I had the power to turn it up, it would look even better. Yeah. It's it looks really good on the Xbox as well, and I've also played it on the PlayStation. They they both look really comfortable between those two consoles. I prefer playing it on the Xbox because of two things. My controller on the Xbox is way better. I just like that controller a lot better. Plus, I have the Elite controller now, so it mm -hmm. it feels really good. And then the the other thing is the friends. I do have a lot of friends that are on PlayStation, but I like just the way the friends list and everything works on the Xbox a lot better. So. It's good stuff. Yeah, it works well in Origin. I'll say that. Yeah. So. so that's what I've been entertained by recently is Battlefront. I haven't played anything else or watched any TV. It's just been Battlefront, and that's about it. And Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, since Alex isn't here yet, let's go ahead and just jump into Star Wars Rebels. Star Wars Rebels. It's a, a TV show on Disney XD, which is kind of hard to get a hold of. If you, it's, Disney XD is really weird with the way it, it has the content structure to get it, right? Because if you go into Amazon and you want to buy Star Wars Rebels, let's say you just want to stream it, and I click, okay, I want to buy season one. You just get season one that begins with the Droids in Distress episode. You don't get the introductory two-episode quote-unquote movie. Um, which really introduces the characters and brings them together. I don't understand how they can get away with having that as a separate purchase and then the rest of the season. Yeah. And it's only 13 episodes, and I paid like 30-some bucks for that 13 yeah, episodes, expensive. too. Continuing on to season two, they did the same thing. They opened it up with the, the mini-movie, really good, mm -hmm. The Siege of Lothal, and then they, they got the series that's going now that's just its own standalone thing. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's difficult to get Disney XD. Like, if mm -hmm. you are not a cable subscriber to a particular... Like, Mediacom, if I were a cable subscriber right now, I still couldn't even get yep. Disney XD. And with Comcast, you'll pay out the nose to get a package that has Disney XD. Right, because it's got to be part of the package. There's no a la carte solution for that. I mean, there are ways you can get it with these other apps and things as far as uh, Sling, probably PlayStation View, but... If you just want to watch this show, because that's all I would watch on Disney XD, there's nothing else I would watch. It makes sense to me just to buy it directly from Amazon or wherever. So, getting the content aside, once you get the content, it's actually really good. Mm -hmm. So let's let's start out like with the, the the Siege of Lothal, where they brought everything together, right? You see Ezra kind of going spoiler around. Spoiler alert, by the way. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be big spoilers. <laughs> this, this could go, you know, the entire yeah. run of that Just, current. you know, run. if you want a surprise, don't listen. <laughs> yeah. So the main character that we're introduced to, I guess you could call him the main character. He's the viewpoint. Character. He's the viewpoint character. Yeah, Ezra is the Anakin Skywalker of Rebels. Except better. Except better. In yeah. a lot of ways. Well, more morally yeah. present. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like uh, Aladdin in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. He is a very Latinish character. So, you start out with him. He's dealing. He's stealing, you know, fruit or whatever to 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 live. Yeah, mm -hmm. gotta let to eat. Gotta see to live, right? That's not a Latin quote. 
Um, and he, he runs into the group of rebels and tries to steal their stuff from them. And it was just a fun little intro to that character. The annoying part was the who is this guy or who is this kid that was repeated by all the characters across mm-hmm. that, that part. And by the opening episode, you can kind of be like, man, this is, I hope this isn't what the whole series is like. But it doesn't continue to be like that. I'd say by the time you get to uh, an episode called Rise of the Old Masters, mm-hmm. that would be the episode that um, that really kicks things into high gear and gives you the Inquisitor, mm-hmm. who's a great character, and also gets you uh, tied in from, what's that? what was the Jedi Master that they lured them in with? Oh, gosh. You'd ask that. Um, Master Luminara. Unduly. Luminara. Yep. Yeah. That's Luminara. So that whole sequence really really cool because they broke into this gel or this big jail structure yeah, like whatever you citadel, call it. Yeah. yeah because there was an episode called the citadel in mm-hmm. in clone wars too that was very similar and they're drawn there because of the force presence of her they know that she's there in a way but she feels off that whole scene is actually really interesting because if you look at the commentary of it um feloni says that the recording was actually like the hollow recording when they walked in there was they were standing where the inquisitor was when the Inquisitor put her in that sarcophagus or whatever and then mm-hmm. killed her. Mm-hmm. So she was still kind of alive in a way because of her, her abilities. But And then the Inquisitor shows up. Mm-hmm. The first time we really get to see him in action at all. And we get to see his, his lightsaber spins around and everything. Mm-hmm. That, that character, what do you think of the Inquisitor? I the Grand was, Inquisitor. Yeah, uh, he, was, he was fun. He was a great bad guy. He was bad in all the right ways and offered a challenge. Initially, I mean, you get the impression that they're just sort of outclassed by the Inquisitor. The Inquisitor just sort of plays with them, you mm-hmm. know, sort of thing. I, I thought he was great. Yeah. That character, the, the voice actor for him is really good, too. Just very, brought a lot of gravity and presence to it. Because you had, before, they had Callus. Mm-hmm. By, that, by the way, the either. name, yeah, yeah, the name Callus is kind of funny. Um, it's Star Wars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you you have the character Callus, and he was okay, like, he... It was discovered that he gave gave the command to kill out the species Lasat. Mm-hmm. That is um, the the purple guy's name. Stand-in Wookie. Yeah. Oh, what's his name? Zeb. Zeb. Yes. So that was his species, and there was that whole intro between them. And he was he is an okay bad guy, and it just kind of steps up when the Inquisitor comes on board because he specializes in the Jedi. Mm-hmm. If there weren't Jedi around, you would never see the Inquisitor. Yep. So, you know, things progress. Ezra becomes, like, a Jedi kind of character, right? Yeah, Padawan. Yeah. Kind of skirting the gray area because... Skirting it a little bit. That, that's Kanan a good... himself isn't a, a great Jedi to begin with, right? Kanan's right. more of a, of a gray Jedi than he is a, a paragon of virtue and light. So Ezra sort of reflects that. Right. And because of, you know, Kanan's past, you know, he survives Order 66, and there's a comic, Star Wars Canon, that is, you know, canon. Mm-hmm. Canon, canon. <laughs> and uh, it ties right into this and shows you that, like, him... The the first issue of that is him with the soldiers, the, the clones, mm-hmm. and then Order 66 happens. And then him dealing with that throughout the whole whole run. So, because he alludes to it a lot of times in the, in the, in the Rebels show, is that, you know... I don't trust them. Things happen. This is what happened. And we don't know all of the backstory yet with all the episodes that are released. They're kind of giving you some things here and there. But I think they've told us that we're, we can expect to see exactly why. 
he doesn't trust the clone, like clone type characters and people right. from that era. Right. Any sort of stormtrooper-ish or yeah. clone characters, yeah. So, what in the first season, was, you know, starting with Rise of the Old Masters, it just kind of gets keeps getting better and better. In the first season alone, what is your standout part? Would you think? You first. Let me think about it. <laughs> so for me, the standout is obviously the the duel at the end with the Inquisitor. Yeah, the sort of duel of the faith sort of. It very much mimics that episode one with Darth Maul, that sort of same sort of room right. building. Speaking and, of that room, in a Star Destroyer? Yeah. What? Oh, uh, it's Star Wars. Yeah, but you're going <laughs> to... I... Okay. Dude, Star Destroyers are huge. There's room to spare. I guess. I mean, I guess size is not really an object in the Empire. Let's talk about how a single drop lightsaber takes out an entire Star Destroyer. Oh, I know. <laughs> Um, and ladies and gentlemen, joining us, in from the cold, one Mr. Alex Duehi. What's, what's going on here? Is this like a talk show or something? <laughs> Y'all podcasting? Now this is podcasting. Here we go. So we're what just talking, talking about, about Star Wars Rebels right now. Oh, okay. We've already discussed uh, some Fallout 4 impressions, and now we're talking about Star Wars Rebels. We've talked a little bit about Battlefront as well. Oh, okay. Diet Barg's root beer? Surprisingly, it tastes the same. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm being serious. Surprisingly, it tastes the same. Okay. Sometimes I don't have control over what gets chosen Purchased. from the grocery store. Nice. <laughs> so, we're just kind of talking about our favorite thoughts, and I know you haven't gotten a chance to watch all of se- all of season one yet, and you're Correct. okay with us be- talking about the spoilers and stuff oh, coming Oh, yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Um, so, my favorite part is the last episode <gasps> of season one. Okay. Um... Why don't you tell me what your favorite part is, because you haven't gotten so far in yet. So, I'll be honest, I was a little apprehensive about starting Rebels, because it introduces a whole new range of characters, right? At least in the Clone Wars, we had the familiarity of all the characters in the Star Wars universe, the main characters that we love. But, um, and I'll be honest, when I first started Rebels, it was, it kind of felt, especially since it was Disney, Aladdin. <laughs> right, funny, yeah. it's, uh, he's uh, he's running through the streets, he's uh-huh. stealing stuff. Kind of looks like him. They yeah. even use the word "street rat" mm-hmm. one time. I'm and pretty sure that's trademarked for Disney. Gotta steal to live at one point. Yes, uh-huh. it it feels a lot like uh, a recycled version of Aladdin, but in a very Star Wars. So but it works. Cool. Yeah, it, it's fine. Where's a boo? Who's a boo in this? In this, there is no boo, is there? Um, Zeb. You think Zeb is? Yeah. <laughs> it's more really a big No, it's more Chopper. Chopper's just so fun, though. I yeah. love Chopper. Yeah. Chopper's fun. But um, I really enjoy the characters. I really enjoy the story so far. Um, I think visually it looks better than Clone Wars. And I think the it, it does have a Disney feel to it. Um, but it doesn't take away from the Star Wars part of it. And, and they do a really good job. I think the music is incredible. Um that, that's kind of what makes it for me. Same with Battlefront. I think the music is what kind of completes it all for me. Battlefront music? Same. Battlefront, Rebels music, it's all good. And I haven't gotten too far in the series, and you told me specific episodes to watch. And then once I started watching the first episode, I was like, oh, I can't skip around. This is too good. Like, I have to go in order. So I went through order as much as I could fit in last night. I got about halfway through season one. Um, but... So what happens in the last episode? <laughs> so when when you're talking, you got halfway through season one, uh, you're introduced to all the characters at that point. What did you think when you saw the Inquisitor? Um, 
interesting character. I, there's there are Sith Inquisitors, right, in mm-hmm. the Star Wars universe, but he dubs himself as the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor, right. Yep. So he's he's the guy in charge. Uh, visually, he looked pretty good. Um, I like his voice. I, I think mm-hmm. uh, he. I mean, we saw at the very beginning. I think he reports directly to Vader. Um, so, I would. I, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So with the my favorite part spoilers. Mm-hmm. And this is actually kind of interesting because I'll get your reaction live. Okay. My favorite part is of the first season when the last episode, you have two big things happen. There's a great battle between Kanan and the Inquisitor. Okay. Well, actually, Ezra, Kanan, and the Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. So, Ezra like he said, gets involved. Okay. So, he, like he said, it's episode one kind it's of episode reminiscence. Duel, it's like Duel of the Fates. Same oh, Ezra has a lightsaber as well, and he gets in on the action. Yep. Okay. So he gets in on that point. Interesting. Okay. And then. Shortly after that, there's a character that comes back from the Clone Wars. And it's just so good to see Ahsoka Tano again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And then another character comes into play at the very end of that episode. Very end of the season. Like It's the cliffhanger that keeps you wanting more. Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Okay. Nice. He, he, he opens the season, right? He might as well finish it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Good. So you saw then the special edition of the Siege of Loath, or of the Spark of Rebellion episode, which, by the way, so that originally aired, it didn't have that scene with the Emperor, or I'm sorry, with, with Vader, Vader the, talking it to the It just starts with the uh, the credits for Star Wars Rebels, and then they and just And then right it has a, it. yep. Okay. So that's how that originally started. But then okay. they had a special edition because it's Star Wars. There's got to be a special edition Absolutely. that aired on ABC, and that's what you saw with Darth Vader, who yep. is, again, voiced by James Earl Jones. Nice. And as far as other characters that are familiar, Yoda, he is voiced again by Frank Oz mm-hmm. because he'll be he'll have a... He doesn't... Path. His voice is heard. Yeah, Path of the Jedi. Yeah, in Path of the Jedi. His voice is heard, um, and it's Frank Oz, and it does a, an amazing job voicing again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get, and there's an episode where Lando Calrissian comes into play. Mm-hmm. And I've seen or uh, Senator Oregon already. Yep. Mm-hmm. C-3PO, R2-D2. Mm-hmm. I love it. And Lando is again voiced by Billy D. That's awesome. Hello there. <laughs> um, and it's, it's uh, it, it was a kind of a ridiculous episode, but okay. <laughs> it's good. So, th- going on past season one then we get everything established everything happens on Lothal really on season one mm-hmm. and then after Lothal or after season one they, they move off Lothal they kind of go more around uh, because the, the Empire obviously is going to be looking if they're going to stay in Lothal if Vader is looking for you mm-hmm. you got to get out of town now the second movie to open season two is called the Siege of Lothal the Siege of Lothal so, is so that, that's the point where they pretty much leave Lothal because they're forced to yeah, because I mean the emperor's the empire is there, right? And like it's really cool because they have like a ton of star destroyers just around Lothal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have blockades. They have star destroyers in atmosphere, just mm-hmm. searching. You know, a really it really reminds me of there is a uh, a rendering of a of an uh, a World War Two like uh, Nazi Europe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where they had like all these uh, blimps. Yeah, yeah. So they have these, these uh, they call them zeppelins, right? Yeah. Zeppelins that were up there, like searchlights down. It really reminded me of that. And they had this Empire Day celebration in, in season one, too, actually, that the flag for the Empire, yeah, that thing is definitely well, inspired by the Nazis. Is Disney trying to say something? Well, we also know that World War 
two played a huge role right. in visualizing Star Wars, everything mm-hmm. about Star Wars. So, and we even know that J.J. Abrams used world, like the events post World War II to inspire what was going to happen in terms of the First Order and all that sort of thing, right? So, mm-hmm. pulling from World War II is unequivocally that Star is Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's just kind of interesting, like the the direct symbolisms and stuff that they kind of pull from. So after after season one, uh, the the Siege of Lothal movie opens up with Darth Vader, because he's him and Ahsoka were both introduced at the end of the first season. Then they are both back here at the beginning of this, and there's this really cool episode where Vader is kind of plotting the whole how that they can uh, catch these rebels that are on Lothal, right? And the fact that you burn a town to kind of demoralize them and then you you dangle a carrot with that senator or no, that the governor. Mm-hmm. The governor. Yeah, the governor. They say, you know, go see go see Tarkin. Tarkin shows up in episode, uh, or in the first season too. Yeah, it's like the last three episodes mm-hmm. of the first season. And those are really good. Uh, it's because they bloody Tarkin's nose that Vader shows up. Yeah, exactly. So if you you don't progress, so you start with Callus, you get to the Inquisitor, you get to Tarkin, and then you get to Vader. I mean, the only character you can go to after Vader is the Empire or the Emperor. Emperor. So I mean, he's I, not going to show up. I don't think he's going to show up except in hologram form, yeah. right? He's not going to bother with a stupid rebel cell. If Vader can't handle it, then Vader needs replaced. The only thing that could make us fanboys' hearts go a flutter more is if the Emperor sends one of his hands. <laughs> Which are not Could back you imagine? in yet. If Mara Jade showed up, I would lose it. What if she turns out, if there's a character that's like Mara Jade that's an Inquisitor? I'd still be okay. Well, the Inquisitor and the Hand were two different things, though. Yeah. So, the Hand was like the personal assassin of the Emperor. So, but if a Hand showed up, even if it wasn't Mara Jade, at least if they, they gave a nod, mm-hmm. right, that'd be awesome. That'd be so good. So, yeah, that would make all the fanboys happy, but George Lucas apparently hates Mara Jade, and I'm sure it was written in the contract that you can't introduce a character named Mara Jade (laughs) into the canon. Um, But, so, Vader is doing this cat-and-mouse game, and he's really, he's he's working. He breaks the rebels on Lothal, and they leave, because they have to go join him. And then he actually traces them back to the rebel, uh, the ships. What do do they call it when it's a ship and people, a fleet? Yeah. Back to the rebel fleet. What? <laughs> <laughs> the, the people, the ship. What are you, oh, fleet. Yeah, of course. <laughs> hey, I try and I can't pull wards out of air all the te- time. I think technically, it'd be a flotilla if it was just people in ships, but a war fleet of a, a group of uh, warships would be a fleet. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's like in Mass Effect. What's that group that's on a flotilla? That'd be the Corians. The Corians. Yeah. So anyway, um, he traces them back in his one fighter. And he goes, and there's no Star Destroyers at the beginning. It's just him. And he's just decimating this crew of A-Wings or... Yeah, it was two, A-Wings. Yeah, two A-Wings survive. Yeah, only two. And he takes out, like, a curling Corvette carrier, sort of. I forgot the exact class of it. It's mm-hmm. larger than a curling Corvette. He yeah. takes it out single-handedly. This is just him. And then eventually Star, uh, Star Destroyers do come in and just hold position to block an escape pattern. Yeah. Only in one direction, though. I mean, they can go completely anywhere else, but don't escape this way. Uh, but at one point, you know, they, they faced Vader, and he just toys with him while he's fighting him. Yeah. He's, he overpowers Kanan easily and just, like, one-handed him and everything, and then he's just pushing him around, 
pretty much almost kills Ezra by his own mm-hmm. blade by forcing the you know his Tip lightsaber on his him. neck. Yeah, it's so good. I can't it's, wait until you watch that. The best episode is the first episode of season two. Season yeah, one. that movie. That is amazing. But the best part of that episode is when at the end or towards the end, Vader is there fighting the fleet and he's chasing the ghost. And then uh, Ahsoka and Kanan try to, like, you know, the Force try to figure out who this person is. Reach out and stop and that sort of, stop him and that sort of thing. Right. And so you have this thing that goes back and forth between Ahsoka's face and Vader. And, like, Vader has a reaction. And then all of a sudden Ahsoka has a reaction. And she, like, she She gets, she feels, yeah, yeah, she, like, feels this crazy thing for the Force and just passes out. Like, so... And then we Vader don't, comments, she's alive. Yeah, the apprentice lives or something yeah. like that. And we don't know if she knows for sure that that's Anakin. We don't know what she knows of Anakin, obviously. So we don't know if uh, she knows that he attacked the temple, that he became a Sith, that he survived Order 66 or any of this. Um, and still to this day, they haven't aired an episode that answers those questions yet. So, Although we know that she knows. Yeah, I mean, she definitely we don't expects. explicitly know, but we have a pretty good knowledge. She knows it's Anakin. She doesn't know what happened to Anakin. Mm-hmm. But she's, yeah, that'll they'll probably be one of the big reveals of season two. Yeah. We're talking about it. And probably seeing her in action, because we haven't actually seen her in action yet. That's her adult self now, yeah. yeah. I mean, she's probably like Kanan in the fact that she very rarely would use her lightsabers, because that's a clear signal mm-hmm. that you're a Jedi, right? Um, but she carries them on her person. She carries them. And she has, still has the two, which is nice. And apparently they're white blades now. Really? Yep. How, is there a figure or something out that it's, has them? It's on like StarWars.com or something like that. But she changed the white blades because the green and blue representative of the Jedi Order. Hmm. So changing the white blades is her way of saying that she isn't a part of the Jedi Order. It's it's like her sort of neutral stance, right? She's about as neutral as Kanan is in a lot of ways. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Alex, what did you burn to the table to bring? <laughs> So, what do you guys, what are your impressions of this series? Is it a success? Compare it to, compare it to season one of the Clone Wars, right? How do you feel that this stacks up against the Clone Wars, so far? You looking at me to go first? Sure, why not? You've only seen a little bit. I've only seen a little bit, so I guess maybe it's fresh in my mind, right? I think uh, Rebels is a bigger success over the first season of the Clone Wars. And I, I, I don't know, I just, I feel like it's more complete. They have a direction. Uh, the, the first season of the Clone Wars kind of felt like it was all over the place, the timeline, uh, a little bit. And uh, they were kind of getting a groove onto what type of show it was actually going to be. Now they have an idea. They have a nice story. I think they got some really good characters to work with here. Um, so I, I would say that uh, Rebels is more of a success. One of the things I really like about Rebels is it has a through line. Mm-hmm. that Clone Wars didn't really have. Mm-hmm. Like, each episode has something that ties into the episode before, and there's an overall storyline. In Clone Wars, you had arcs, right? But you didn't really have a complete, comprehensive storyline over the whole series, which we're getting with Rebels, and I like that a lot. Does Rebels have any episodes where they do fillers, like filler episodes where they go back and they just do a, a, an arc for one person? Or I mean, you'll have, you'll have shows that yeah. focus that plot line, that episode on a person, per se, mm-hmm. But it still has an overall effect on the it's, whole yeah, show. It's still linear, progressing yeah. through the main story. So. Yep. Right. That's good. That's There's good. I like that. There's usually always something in the next episode that references something from an episode prior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially in the first season, you see that a lot. Like, 
there's a fighter that disappears. We don't know what happened to it. They said they crash it, and they have this weird little moment between Zeb and Ezra. And then, like, in the very last episode, it comes back, and yep. and Sabine's painted it up and everything. It's great. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. It's... it's you know, I, I I have a hard time looking and comparing season one of Clone Wars to Rebels because I think Dave Filoni and the crew got their lumps with Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. They figured it out. It was kind of a new medium. It was kind of a new thing. And I think ultimately they did all the hard work to get Rebels to be good in the Clone Wars. And we mm-hmm. saw that in the last few seasons of the Clone Wars. It was pretty solid. It was a lot more linear in terms of the what was coming after what, right? Right. From my perspective, I'm a Star Wars fanboy, and I'm always going to be biased towards something Star Wars. But my wife, she likes Star Wars. I wouldn't call her a fanboy, but she suffered through a lot of the Clone Wars with me and ended up enjoying it towards the end. And she actually willingly looks forward to new episodes of Rebels. That's something you could rarely say about Clone Wars. Like, she actually act- actively wants to see new episodes as they are aired. And do you think it's because in Rebels, honestly, you have stronger female characters that she might attach to, like Hera? Sabine's a strong female character? I, Ahsoka, obviously? I don't. I think it's a familiarity with what is Star Wars. The original Star Wars was partially about this group of heroes that were all friends in their tramp freighter. And they're traveling from, you know, here and there. Mm-hmm. And that's what Rebels is about. Mm-hmm. The ghost is the Millennium Falcon. Hera is sort of a Han Solo. You know, they sort of split Han Solo into multiple characters. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. play with these archetypes, mix them up enough to the point where they're familiar but different. But then it is, it's just, it's what you recognize. It's the Imperials. It's evil Imperials. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, sort of Sith-like characters with the Inquisitor and Darth Vader. It's familiar. Whereas the Clone Wars was trying to reinvent this stuff from the ground up. And they did a pretty good job, but... The Trade Federation was never as good of a bad guy as, as the, the Empire. Empire. Yeah, and it's just that it just feels right. You know what I mean? It feels familiar. It feels it's what like we Star grew Wars. Up with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, talking about how it feels like Star Wars, the animation style we compare this to Clone Wars is different too, and intentionally so. They made a lot of changes that are um, really reminiscent of like the Ralph McQuarrie concept arts or the. Um, so in the first episode, like episode four, five, and six, the lightsabers, they have kind of like a, this weird appearance to them, right? That they cleaned up in the prequel stuff in the Clone Wars. They were like these elegant kind of things. They went back to that kind of shaky look on the blades and the lightsabers on these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's attention to detail like that. You know, it's attention to the, the toys. They, they took a lot of toys that were available back, you know, in 77 and things like that. These new toys and looked at them and said, okay, how can we incorporate this because no idea is ever thrown away in Star Wars. It's always used later on at some point. And that's uh, really evident in this show because a lot of like the concept for C-3PO, he's, he showed up as a, as a character in, in one of the episodes. The concept for C-3PO. Uh, and you, know, you have a character like Chopper, right? And he's better than any other droid character in any series so far. Better than R2? Oh, yeah. What? Chop- I... Chopper's got a lot... Chopper is comedic relief. Chopper has a lot of character. Yeah. I mean, as far as... Because, I mean, if you follow him through the through the whole series, he shows a lot of emotion for a droid. Like, mm. for, a, for, for a droid that you don't understand, you can imply a lot of stuff that he's saying. <laughs> it's, it's really great because you kind of get to that point where, you know, in, in the original trilogy, Luke could kind of talk to R2. You know, so some characters kind of could talk to their astromech droids. I don't know if you attributed that to, oh, they understand beeps and boops, or if they understand that 
they understand the emotions and they react to the emotions of what's being displayed by these guys. See, R2 is like the loyal German shepherd. Right. You know, and Chopper is like the court jester. <laughs> he, you can't really trust him to do what you ask him to do, but it's, he's, he's well-meaning and he's going to get done what you ask. You know what, it's mm-hmm. just he's a totally different type of character and they just did a really good job of personifying that. I mean, you look at that blank face and you get all the emotion you need just from like three holes that he uses for eyes and his little, like, little top bouncy thing that he has on the mm-hmm. top of his head and his little arms that come out and, you know, spin Flails around. around. Yeah. It's just, it's really well. I just, I love it when they dress him up to act as an imperial something and you mm-hmm. know, he's like trying to mimic his way. It's just, <laughs> it's it, it's worth watching for Chopper, folks. Chopper is great. Yeah. He's, a, he's a great <laughs> character. Like, you look at all the characters, they're, they're yeah, all good. They're all good. Like... I really like Sabine's character too because she might be probably she could be the weakest of the group, but she's really cool with the way that she like she always creates explosions. She likes to have the stuff colored and she's things artistic, around. Yeah. yeah. So and her armor, she's a Mandalorian, so her armor is really cool. And you have a character like Zeb, and he just <laughs> Zeb is just a crazy character. Like how how can you describe him? He's kind of like you said, he's he kind of like Chewbacca. Role. Yeah, but he's got more character than that, and he he has a you know, he kind of goes back and forth. He doesn't like Ed- Ezra at the beginning. He makes a mistake, and then he kind of... They, they grow together as a family really well in this, in this show. It's it's impressive what they've done with these with this cartoon. Yeah. I think it's going to be popular. I think it's going to be... I wish it would get off X- Disney XD and find a wider Put audience. Put it on ABC or something. Yeah, I mean, it, this is... This is the caliber that they should have on prime time on yeah. Saturday mornings or whatever the whatever the kids watch these days. I don't know what time they watch cartoons. They should be watching this. This is top-notch cartoon. I mean, yeah. this is better than Agents of Shield. Yeah. Oh yeah. Put this on instead of Agents of Shield. Give me a Star Wars hour. Put a rerun of the Clone Wars and then a new episode of Rebels. Yep. Think of the toys you could sell just alone putting it on a a main primetime television. Mm-hmm. I don't get it, but. Yeah. It's Disney. They're going to do what they're going to do. They and, own ABC, though, so why wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. They so. should just put up. It should, why not regular even Disney? Yeah. Like, Disney XD is, like, the weirdest choice. Maybe they didn't have expressed the confidence in it originally. I don't know. But I think that they've really earned the the spot now. And it might after the new movie comes out, too. You never know. I was yeah. going to say, it's a great time to kind of publicize it to the major networks, too, because everybody's all hyped about Star Wars right now. Mm-hmm. So Why is that? Some something's happening in December. Uh, I heard something yeah. happening. How about Entertainment Weekly, which is now more or less just the new Star Wars? <laughs> Star movie. Wars, exactly. Yes. Or what's the other one? Um, Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair. Yeah, I was gonna say Vogue, <laughs> but that wasn't right. No, no, no. Vanity Fair and Entertainment Weekly are like. <laughs> I I can only imagine the checks they're writing out to uh, Lucasfilm every week trying to get like one more sentence out of Abrams wonder, to say something. I wonder if Disney or Buena Vista owns. They Entertainment might, Weekly. That might make sense. Otherwise, i got to imagine they're paying a ton of money for that yeah. premium content. Well, because they put the trailer, uh, the first trailer on uh, ESPN, which Disney right. owns ESPN, during football. So, I mean, it's they're using corporate synergy for sure for for this rollout. But Yes, listeners were afraid to say that this podcast has officially been picked up by Disney. <laughs> Disney XD, unfortunately. There's a reason why we have nothing bad to say about Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, you look at, okay, let's, it, what, what is something bad that you could say about Rebels? I mean, yeah, it's kiddie at times, but it's a kid's show. It's, it's on Disney XD, for one thing, yeah. right? 
Um, but they appeal to both audiences yeah, it, it, in, a, yeah, in, a, in a good way, though. It's not like I watch it and think, man, I'm, I feel like I'm watching a kid's show again. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm watching an adult cartoon, but I wish it was Saturday morning and I was a kid again. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That it, At the same time, I'm thinking that. So it's just really cool. I, don't, I can't say anything bad about Rebels from what I've seen so far. Yeah. I mean, you could say bad things about Clone Wars. There were some pretty yeah. bad episodes of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. But so far, every episode of Rebels has been very solid and very good. And you have, they treat the characters, the original characters, or even Ahsoka, who was like from the Clone Wars, with such reverence and very carefully. Because mm-hmm. um, like you can't have Vader be your bad person every week. It, it diminishes the, the quality of Vader. Mm-hmm. The way that they've treated him so far in the series is really good. Mm-hmm. Because he's something that they're scared of. Mm-hmm. Like the Inquisitor, they kind of got to know a little bit. And then they were still afraid of him, but now... The Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor is gone, and Vader takes his place, and they just, like, they have no clue how to fight him. Yeah. They were lucky they survived, Kanan says. And they barely know of him. They just know that he's bad news. But, yeah. But that would make sense, though, right? Because while he's a big fish, he is just one fish in the big pool that is the Empire, right? Mm-hmm. And so you all these little things going on outside the Empire. Vader is not going to be there at every point every single time, like you said. Mm-hmm. So it's best to think of those big fish more as entities than you know, what, who they actually are. Plus, we got the movies for that. Right. I mean, and that's the thing, right? They're being careful with how they use these characters. Like, I, I guarantee we're never going to see the Emperor do anything other than, like, a hologram mm-hmm. in this show. They're, they're never going to get to that occasion because the only time you see the Emperor, like, in person, is in Episode Six, Return of the Jedi, when Luke faces him. Or, actually, when he shows up on the Death Star. Yep. And that was a big deal that he was coming to person. the yeah. Death Star yeah. in person. So... I mean, we're never going to see that play out. If if we did that, that wouldn't that wouldn't make sense to me. But the way that they're displaying everything else now, I think it's. it's I wouldn't good. be surprised to see the emperor like punishing an inquisitor or something like that. But I don't. Well, think you can we're see that, see... but he's not going to go look for the rebels. Exactly. <laughs> no, he's not going to play an active. Right. So, overall opinions on Star Wars Rebels, I think we're we're pretty positive on the series. Uh, all my complaints are around where and how it's shown and not yes. the show itself. The availability of the show is just yeah. so stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not on Netflix. It's not on... It's not it's, easy to get a hold of. You can tell that it's a it's a great show ran by forward-thinking people hosted by backward-thinking cable execs. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the people, the, the people who still keep holding on to the fact that cable isn't dead yet and cable isn't on the way out. And they're still trying to lock you in the specific channels on specific cable packages. That's just the... StarWars.com did a great thing last year where they let you watch all of them for free over the course of like two or three days. What When was that? On Force? May the, May 4th, the 4th, I think. Yeah. yeah. Or I guess that was this year, I should say. It's almost next year, last year. <laughs> but look for that again on May 4th. But you'll probably get to watch all season two for free again. And that's and, where I watched all of my episodes the first time. And season two is going to be, I think, double the length. So I think there's going to be like 22 episodes maybe of so. season yeah. two. Which is really, really great to see because the first season there were only thirteen episodes and it was really mm-hmm. short. And you could tell their their budget for making this was a lot constrained because they couldn't go to the plants that they wanted to go to, and they had to reuse some of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with the limited budget, they still made it look good. I mean, and you can tell from season one to season two that they made a graphical improvement too for the character models. Mm-hmm. They still have the stylized look, and I hope they keep that stylized look because I like that look. Uh, and you look at like Vader when he came around. His his he looks different than he would any other stuff. Almost, yeah. yeah, he looks more like the Ralph McQuarrie concept again. Yeah, he's a little bit more less just big and more like tall, large, and 
like muscly and taut as opposed to just being like a big dude in a suit mm-hmm. that moves slowly. You know, you, you look at Vader and how he fights with uh, Kanan in this episode, just kind of toys with him, plays with him. Reminds you a lot of when he plays with Luke pretty mm-hmm. much in episode four or episode five. But <laughs> at the same time, then you've got him fighting Obi-Wan on the Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the one that just doesn't... Sometimes you, you just know. have to ignore how it originally started because they didn't know anything what they were doing back then. It was just an idea. And you look at the epic fights in episodes one through three in terms of lightsaber combat. And even the Return of the Jedi, the final battle there, pales in comparison to some of the better stuff that we see in episodes one through three, right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Luke isn't you know officially trained. Maybe Darth has gotten a little soft over the years because he hasn't had to engage in a whole lot of lightsaber battles. But is, is that what we're meant to believe, or are, are we going on the technology uh, limitations that they had? Back I think it was then more technology limitations. To at that get point. the lightsaber effect with that quick a pace would have been difficult. Back could have been in the difficult. Day. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to retcon it that before Episode Four. Uh, he gets badly injured by some battle, and he's he's got like inferior parts. The good parts are in order, and he gets them after that. <laughs> so here's what I'm curious about: What will we see? I'm, and we we probably need to end soon. But here, what will we see out of Luke now? He's had thirty something years to presumably practice and get a little better. If mm-hmm. he's in Episode Seven and actually whips out his lightsaber and does something, what are we are we going to see a, a slow old Obi Wan like Luke? That's or what are we I... going to see a, a fairly nimble for his age Luke? I think it's going to be more like the Obi Wan, right? He's been like a hermit for the last thirty years, yeah. just keeping to himself, kind of an exile almost. But I, I would, would expect... love to see if he whipped out his lightsaber. I would. Start. I would expect to see more of the Yoda raw force yeah. power, less of the well. Yoda could jump around like a freak with his lightsaber. Uh-huh. But you know what I mean. Though, right. sort of the sort of wise master as opposed to the the nimble jumping lightsaber guy. Right. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see what the Force Awakens brings. Obviously. Uh, next week we'll be we'll be continuing in our Star Wars journey with uh, episode four. Can't wait for the lightsaber hope. battle. <laughs> uh, and the the movie that started it all, we'll just refer to it probably as Star Wars in our conversation because that's a little, you know that is Star Wars to a lot of us. Um, but it has been surnamed A New Hope, you know, when all the subsequent movies came out and everything. So that'll be next week, episode four, A New Hope. Um, you weren't here for the opening segment mm-hmm. so we talked about Battlefront yep uh, in Battlefront what are your uh, opinions so far I haven't had a chance to try out all the game types but um, I love it I think it's a very well put together game the multiplayer there I mean I don't I can't you know understand everything that's in the game right now because there's so much in the game like all of the different blasters and everything and there are a few things that are buggy that can be fixed but I mean, as far as satisfying my Star Wars fix and me running around destroying people, it it meets my expectations. It beats what I thought when we saw the trailer, right? We were kind of like, eh. Yeah, the trailer was not impressive, honestly. That yeah. first one that we saw. It was mostly, like, quick time event looking. Yeah. Sort of pre, yeah. you know, pre-rendered. Yeah, and, and that's why I'm just thinking the whole time, just, you know, don't make it suck, don't make it suck. The voice actor for Vader has a lot to be desired in this game. I agree with you, but... Han doesn't sound right. They should have just grabbed the dude that does all the audiobooks, because he can do Leia, Luke, Han, Mark Thompson, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Dude, just get hire Mark Thompson and do all the voices, because they sound pretty close. Sam Witwer did The Emperor, uh, and he sounds really good. Sam Witwer good. does a good job. He was Star he did Killer, the Emperor too, in yeah. Battlefront, yeah. too? Yeah. Nice. So. Witwer's cool. 
Woodward. Woodward's good. But yeah, but they, they got a great base though. out there, and they got a, a, a lot of a lot to build on too. So it'll be exciting. Yeah. Uh, one more thing before we close for this week. Last week, I uh, I, I, I put bag. faith in my Rams to to beat the Bears, but that didn't happen. Never. So Bears eat Rams. And Alex eats Skittles, so there you go. Perfect, thank the, you, sir. And I think they they beat they beat them double, right? Oh Pretty much. God. Oh boy. So there's another bag Woo! because they beat them so bad. Oh my gosh! Wasn't expect. I actually wasn't expecting the second bag, but I actually wasn't expecting the game to be that lopsided. <laughs> I thought it'd be a field goal game, right? Right. But that was uh, it was interesting. Yeah. Interesting game. But thank you. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. I'm, sure I'm one and one, right? If we, I lost one and got one back. <laughs> we'll keep betting, I'm sure. Yeah. So that'll do it for us this week. Uh, Jared, thank you for joining us. Never a problem. Are you on Twitter? Me? Yeah. Yeah. At jmhan underscore. Because some punk took at jmhan. <laughs> I think we should still start a campaign and be like, you! Does he even tweet? I think he does, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, Alex? Uh, yes, on Twitter at D-O-U-E-1-H-1. Gamertag on Xbox Live is the same. And I'm on Twitter at Sith Nightmare, S-I-T-H-K-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E. The show is Entertaining Pod, and you can send us an email, that's entertaining at gmail.com. I have a question for the listeners this week regarding Rebels. And it was be it's it's brought up because of a comment that Jared made. Is Chopper really better than any other droid? Yes. Oh boy! I haven't seen There's BB-8 gonna be yet. some hate replies. I have not seen BB-8 yet. <laughs> yes, Chopper is better. I mean, Chopper has a lot of great character, and I, I love that character. Uh, in fact, I think Dave Filoni actually does the voice of Chopper, like you know, heavily modified. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of the things that he says is like dark to dark. It's like <laughs> you kind of imply whatever you want him to yeah. be in that situation. It's funny. Um, so, Alex, what do you think? I. I can't go against R2 because R2 is just that's just classic. That's who I grew up with, right? But I, from what I've seen from Chopper, he's got a lot of personality, um, and, and I mean, I think it's kind of what audiences have been wanting. I mean, even in the prequel trilogy, when they brought R2 back, he could do a few new things, right? We want to see the droids be more action-based, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with BB-8 too. But um, I don't have anything against Chopper. I just. I love how three PO is just like everyone's like ah three PO. I don't uh, like three PO. He's, he's a protocol Gold droid. Rod. That's not what he yeah. does. <laughs> All right, so listeners, uh, send us a tweet. Let us know what you think. Is Chopper the best droid in the Star Wars galaxy? That'll do it for us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you have been entertained. Mm-hmm.